0: The NAPA Know How Motorsport Academy is back, bigger than ever, in 2022. Led by supercar star Bryce Forward as the driver mentor, the Academy offers tuition to all racers 8, 13 and up, giving insights into the world of racecraft and analysis, plus information on health, sponsorship and media. On top of the information you'll receive, you can win regular prizes and best of all, it's free to join. Get involved at the new Napa Motorsport Asia-Pacific Facebook and Instagram pages, or visit the Napa Australia or New Zealand websites to sign up and be part of know-how that is synonymous with Napa. Start your engines. This is the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racer Podcast. Welcome to episode 13 of the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, and we'll jump straight out of the block. With a huge congratulations to Napa Auto Parts Academy racer who had a very high profile win on the weekend. And congratulations to Jet Johnson on winning the TA2 muscle car title at Winton over the weekend. There's been plenty of media around him and we'll catch up with him in the not too distant future via the Napa Auto Parts Academy. A big welcome to everybody who's returning to our podcast and if you're just joining us for the first time, g'day, welcome. We hope uh, you enjoy The uh, first time we've got 13 other or 12 other back episodes to catch up with everything that Daz and Gaz have been getting up to. And we, we hope uh, and uh, we'd love to hear that you've uh, caught up with all of those bits and pieces coming up this weekend. My mate Gaz, he's not getting any uh, drum roll introduction this time around. It's just going to be welcome aboard Gary O'Brien. Thanks for uh, thinking of me at long last in this (laughs) pool that you've put through again, so, uh, Gaz, we've got one of the, the final visit to Mount Panorama this weekend. And uh, as always, you'll return to your birthplace and where you grew up and uh, be catching up with uh, a, a diverse range of race drivers and uh, and other people, administrators, promoters, and different bits and pieces. Really looking forward to those uh, interviews that you've got in the bag for us uh, for this episode but um, I guess for a guy that hailed from Bathurst, the, the Challenge Bathurst event is something more for the every guy, the the you, me, the the every guy. It's certainly where some pros can get some open track time on a fully equipped Mount Panorama race circuit. But, you know, there's other guys up there that, uh, that can, guys and girls across the board, that can
1: have a red-hot go at the big track. Well, that's one of the reasons why we thought we'd uh, do a bit more on this this weekend. It really angles towards the grassroots racer. Uh, the first two days are sprints, um, as you probably well know, and the second two days are regularity. And just quietly, I don't know how many people are going to be real regular if they can get a chance to sprint around Mount Panorama. And we thought we'd talk to the people behind it, and then we'd um, get some a cross-section of uh, others that have had experience at Bathurst or ones that have had little experience at Bathurst to gauge what they get out of it. What does
0: Challenge Bathurst mean to the locals up there? Obviously, it's the lowest key event of the of the year at uh, at the racetrack, so it's it's shut off for five days. I know uh, Anthony Jenkins, a clerk of course, for the weekend. He's already up at the mountain preparing uh, for the event this weekend. But uh, to the to the locals, is it just another another event at the racetrack on the hill?
1: Well, I think it is to a point. Um, there are other events where they cut off parts of the track for the hill climbs and for the super sprints. So this is this is like your your, your club outing at a local racetrack, like uh, when they have a race a drive day at Sandown or down at Phillip Island, where you're going to be this weekend. Um, but it's more about the competitor, and uh, and it's not necessarily the ones that race there at other events of the year. And each event you go to, as you well know, if you go to a supercar event, the one thousand, for instance it's really shut off apart from the regular categories that run as supports. Similarly so to to 12-hour, not quite as strict. They do have a couple of um, invited categories, similarly so at the Easter meeting. And then, of course, the new one that's come on board is the Bathurst International, which we've seen just recently, as recently as just a couple of weekends ago, um, where those guys um, are regularly in categories that are supports to the speed series so this event is open to basically your eye if we wanted to go Daz. yeah it'd be a good uh good way to get around there certainly mount
0: panorama has over the last few years and, and particularly the last two years as COVID has disappeared you know we're now up to um five events at the track uh, throughout the year that are uh, you know the full circuit is used for and uh supply is gradually meeting demand. I don't think, you know, you could probably open it up every re- weekend for someone to do laps and you'll get a couple of hundred cars trying to um, get laps around there but um, the access I guess to Mount Panorama over the years has been very restricted and this is a, a fantastic way to get um, those, those cars around there. One of the things that I've noticed out of um, the Challenge Bathurst, particularly over the Thursday and Friday with the sprint aspect of the event is the GT3 cars that are normally running balance of payment, uh, balance of payment, balance of performance. <laughs> There's a lot of balance of payment in a, in a GT3. <laughs> um, but the balance of performance, all the restrictors get dropped off in the uh, pit and paddock area and uh, they get to run full noise. And we have seen some cars doing some pretty quick laps once they've dropped those um, balance of performance items off their
1: cars. Well, normally it's been too hot to really gauge it properly. The last couple of times that they've attempted it, they've always said, no, it's too hot. We're not going to bother with it. The problem this year is that um, Adelaide's only a week away. So unless they're taking a car or two there that they aren't going to have to turn around and take to Adelaide, um, the chances of it happening... I know the weather's going to be better. The forecast is suggesting that it'd be ideal conditions to take the restrictors off, take some weight out of the... Out of say an Audi R8 and uh, see what you can do.
0: Yeah, certainly. I guess the yeah the the finishing of the season at the uh, the newly instigated Adelaide 500 event for GT cars is going to be a challenge to get those top flight GT3 cars there for uh, for the weekend. Gaz, how about we uh, catch up with uh, all of your new mates that you've been speaking to?
1: We're here at uh, Challenge Bathurst To see some very grassroots people running around the racetrack over four days. Two days of sprints, two days of regularity. And possibly the best person to ask all about the whole concept and how it all started is the man that's in charge, and that's Greg Evans. Welcome aboard.
2: Yeah, thanks Gary.
1: So let's just start. How did the the brainwave come around, I guess, and where you've gone from there?
2: Yeah, look. Challenge Bathurst was conceived uh, in partnership with James O'Brien. So people who have attended Bathurst events may know James, even though he tends to keep a fairly low profile. Nobody has organised more events at at Bathurst than James. 38 events, (laughs) and he's our event director. So I got to know James from coming up with Fast Track V8 Race Experience cars, doing days after his events, being the Bathurst Motor Festival the 12 hour, the 6 hour, we you know, formed a good working range, arrangement and uh, we knew there was an opportunity for a new event at Bathurst, I was very much involved in the grassroots of motorsport experiences and we put together the idea of Challenge Bathurst and now this is the seventh year.
1: Mm. And it seems to have gone very well, it's very well received.
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, look, we know there's a broad number of drivers who have got performance street cars, maybe road registered cars, track cars, not all of them want to race. Mm. All of them want to drive this circuit <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and so um, we structured the super sprint and regularity to get as big a fields as we could um, and give people who are racing a chance to practice and those who just dream of driving their car around the circuit an opportunity to do that Mm.
1: and has it always gone so well have you had any dramas over the seven years
2: uh look we got a reception a very good reception right from when we started in the first couple Mm. of years and in 2019 we were sold out in 2020 and 21 we were COVID affected with regard to restrictions to interstate travel after the event, effectively ruling out 100, 120 competitors, primarily from Queensland, but also South Australia, West Australia. So they've all come back this year. Uh, we've had to make the event uh, invitation only. It's not because we're it's exclusive, but we like to reward loyal competitors. So if someone comes one year, they're the first that are invited awesome. back after that anyone who's competed before gets invited back and after that anyone that our competitors have referred to us gets an invitation. So that way um, we get drivers referred to us rather than having people approach us who may not have the experience and that contributes as well to a safer event.
1: Mm. And I noticed too that a lot of the people that do say regularity will come and flag the first two days as Is that just because
2: they want to do that? Yeah, good point, Gary. We, uh, on the whole subject of officials, it's critically important to us. We've had some uh, fantastic support. David and Michelle Kidd do a great job with the officials. Um, Robert, Ned, Stanley with volunteers and, and looking after those officials once they're here. But we've also got some marquee... Uh, groups in regularity such as the Zed Car Club of Queensland which has half of its members come here every year and as part of their arrangements with us they work really hard on officials and the former president uh, Paul Clements uh, just seems to spend every day he's not here recruiting officials and today here at the track he's bought 26 officials himself from Queensland so, you know, we... Brought the weather with him as well. the Queensland sunshine <laughs> also. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, a great support for the event. And uh, as you mentioned, because we've got such large numbers of drivers on the weekend, some of them do come early and help us out on Thursday, Friday, which uh, are days where it's harder to get officials.
1: Yeah, because of working week as well. Correct. Um, last year we had drums here with Rain. Uh, was that at the back of your mind coming here this
2: year? Yeah, look... Um, We sort of got bumped from our original uh, dates with the inclusion of the Bathurst International, uh, which, you know, went very well. Um, But I think what it ended up doing is putting us on a sunny patch and (laughs) the weather for the next um, four days looks great. We've got the Fast Track VR Racing Experience cars back on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, The weather looks good. And then we've got this year for the first time an eight-day event with... Uh, Mo, uh, with Mercedes Benz and their AMG clients right. driving the latest and greatest AMG cars here on the Wednesday and Thursday. So oh. we've got a, a big schedule and the weather's looking great.
1: And we, when you were talking earlier, you are talking about you started with uh, track Trackfast or? Yeah. Uh, and was that your beginnings of your mm. involvement in motorsport?
2: Yes, it was Gary. Uh, 18 years ago I started V8 Race Experience mm-hmm. Uh, with my partner Rod Dawson from Queensland Um, that has evolved from three cars on two tracks. We've now got 26 cars. Uh, We bring those cars up to Challenge Bathurst on the Sunday so that we can offer a hot laps to new officials as an incentive to come and and uh, be part of our Challenge Bathurst team. And this year, uh, those drives sold out four months ago and we've got over 500 drivers from all over Australia and New Zealand coming to drive those V8s on the Monday and Tuesday. So, um, if you have a
1: fleet of drivers that come along, you might just uh, yeah. elaborate a little yeah, bit on sure. that as well.
2: I mean, one of our favourite um, legends really is John Bow. We've we've known John for so long. Uh, John was introduced to us in Sydney through Sinclair Ford. Um, with Hamo, and and you know John's just a a great guy he's passionate people want to ride in a car with him they want to meet him and he's got so much time for everybody Um, so you know John will be up again this this year one of the interesting drivers we've got this year is Joey Mawson for people who follow uh, motorsport the s5 thousands two-time champion yep Uh, Joey uh, a couple of months ago won our audition to be our next hot laps driver and that was a countrywide opportunity for people to do a, a 20-lap experience qualify for a shootout Joey won the shootout Joey's going to be here on Monday and Tuesday doing hot laps and he'll probably also do some in-car coaching wow. so uh, over the years we've had lots of drivers come up here and help us out with those rides you mentioned of course um, the first one that came with John was Steve Johnson. Uh, we had a replica of the Green Stuff and Dick came up and drove that, which was a huge thrill. <laughs> uh, we've had Greg, Greg Murphy, Fabian Coulthard, Alan Grice, um, just the some of the greats.
1: Yeah. In, in the sport. And what's your clientele like? What are the sort of the people that are coming along? Are they just normal, folk, want to do it?
2: Yeah, they are. I mean, it's everyone's dream, whether you're a motorsport enthusiastic enthusiast or not, to, to drive around this circuit. And these are people without Motorsport Australia licences. We provide the cars, they provide the courage, they come up, they have their four laps, they <laughs> tick it off their bucket list, and, yeah. and they go home feeling like, you know, they've watched it on TV for so long, they wonder what it's like, and now they know.
1: And, and the education... Is about putting cones out around the, the preferred lines in the corners and all that sort of thing as well
2: yeah that's right Gary as you know it's a very complicated circuit hard to pick up in you know 40 laps even rather than four laps um, but we mark the racing line with those little adhesive stomp on road markers yep. um, so they come up and off easily uh, that gives the driver with the assistance of the coach uh, a good idea of where they're going. The coach will uh, encourage them to go faster than what they'd go by themselves, Jeez. knowing what the limit of the car is and, and the most difficult parts of the circuit. So they'll tell them when to change gear, when to accelerate and brake. Yep. They go better every lap. And uh, some of them end up in the pit lane with tears in their eyes. It's 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 wonderful. Wow,
1: that's interesting. But just going back to Challenge Bathurst, of course, uh, the plans to keep this going from year to year. Is it a? Is it? It's such a good way for people that don't normally get to come to Bathurst to have a rate to have laps here, not necessarily race laps, but laps.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're partnered with the Bathurst Regional Council, of course. We're a partner in all of the five Bathurst events. The other four are now managed within the RAC umbrella of Supercars and ARG. Um, we fill, I guess, a niche in terms of grassroots motorsports. So most of those focus on car racing. So this isn't racing per se. Although there's still competition around super sprint for the fastest laps, there's still a competition within the regularity for consistency. Um, And a lot of people like to be up here in their own car and maybe not be under that much pressure. And just to enjoy, you know, the camaraderie, meet the same people that, you know, year to year, and uh, just get their, you know, once a year, taste of, you know, how good this place is. Yeah.
1: And of course, there is a sprinkling of well-known drivers here as uh, competing, uh, either managing other people or racing around themselves. So, uh, the likes of uh, David Wall, um, certainly uh, the Mark Cars with Jeff Taunton yes Uh, keith kosilke down from new guinea so it does attract a wide variety of people
2: yeah you know bart moya has has been here the whole time i think what it does is it provides an opportunity for development Mm. for some of the younger drivers as well so you know they can go in the gt if the car's capable uh there's you know in this today there's a driver from new zealand
3: a gt driver
2: yeah who hasn't had experience so they're using the car and the gt as well i've actually
1: met him before i must to go down and say hello again yeah so he's, he's driving at the Super, in Super so
2: just just to yeah. get that lapse yeah. on the track because it's so hard to get yeah
1: well thank you very much for your time greg i know you're a busy busy man with these four days up here but i really appreciate the fact that you've come on to the napa auto parts grassroots racing podcast I know it's a mouthful, but we like to get it out there as much as we
2: can. Fantastic. My pleasure, Gary. Thanks for the opportunity and enjoy the rest of the event.
1: Well, David Wall, you're a regular here at Challenge Bathurst. Your impressions, what it does for various drivers bringing them on or experienced drivers?
3: Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, um, yeah, for our, for our circumstance, um, the three cars we brought this weekend, uh, some uh, Gentoo 991s and also the Bathurst winner um, for Paul and myself. Um, yeah, very rare, unless you're entering another race meeting up here, um, to come up here and have an event where you can you know, do some testing but also bring some people along who yeah, aren't quite ready maybe to do a big-ticket event. Um, but they want to come to Bathurst and then eventually maybe get to that event. So, um, yeah, we've got a first-timer. We've got someone who's been here for the third time. We've got Paul who's done multiple 12 hours here, um, just happens to be in a, in a faster car. So very uh, varying degrees of, um, of car speed and driver speed. Um, but for us, like, we're just here having a good time, enjoying it. Um, finally, some good weather. It's our fifth visit here this year. <laughs> and finally it hasn't rained um, so yeah, just enjoying that part of it to be honest and um, yeah, just chipping away at the cars but mainly just making sure the drivers get plenty of laps and uh, enjoy themselves
1: From a, um, a, a racer that probably wouldn't be able to get any miles here at all yep. this is the ideal sort of event isn't it?
3: Oh, absolutely, um, I didn't do many k's here in uh, in the Kerr cup scenario, that was when we all got flooded and needed an arc um, but <laughs> The, uh, the 12, I was here obviously the 12 hour the start of the year in, in the Lamborghini with Adrian and the rest of the crew. Um, and then I was here only a week and a half ago back in that Lamborghini for a three hour race. So I've done plenty of laps here, um, but not albeit in the, in the GD3R or in, in my own cup car. So, um, yeah, any laps around Bathurst are always enjoyable, especially when the conditions are, are good and favourable. Um, but yeah, it's a very low key event for where people can come along, um, enjoy their cars, but also learn a lot in the process for the track time. Do you learn something every time you come here? Uh, absolutely. Categorically, every time you come to Bathurst, there's always something you take away from it. Um, yeah, the track is always evolving. It's getting used a lot more now, so it's actually worn out in places a lot bumpier. Um, so, yeah, the, there are things that are changing all the time anyway. Um, but there's always you know, a tweak here or there or a different tyre or compound or whatever it might be um, that you're always um, evolving with. Yeah. Well, David Wall from Wall Racing, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
0: great to have you reporting from your your happy place there, Gaz. You've been a busy boy. I get you want to uh, put your feet uh, up on the desk and uh, have a frothy, but we've got the news to do and uh, that's where you swing right into things here. Uh, A couple of events been going on both in Queensland and in New South Wales and still plenty of racing to come over the next couple of weeks before we go into the
1: quiet time over Christmas. Yeah, well, it mightn't be quiet for us because we might try and find a couple of people to interview and uh, go right through the festive season. But in the meantime, uh, the Queensland State Championships were completed at Morgan Park last weekend. It was a hot weekend in more ways than one. With Graham Lusty's motor catching fire, fortunately he was able to extract himself, although he did collapse. And then Jeff and Taunt and turned up and dragged him clear of the car, so all was well with that. Apart, it's the some car pretty, itself. pretty graphic footage coming from that, wasn't there? Yeah, our um, photographer up there, Pete Trapnell, caught the action. Actually, he stopped shooting because he was a bit worried about whether graham was going to survive or not but fortunately um the, as the race completed jeff pulled up and dashed over and dragged him clear in case the, the fire got worse um in other races uh, the, probably the feature race of the weekend was the series x3 xl state title decider even though jared hughes had had enough points already coming into the round it didn't stop him from taking that round win over Riley Beggs and Trish Machada and about 30 other competitors. Um, the triumph wasn't easy for Hughes had three different for you the triumph wasn't easy for Hughes as there were three different race winners with Hughes in a comeback third race drive where he, there was nine lead changes over the 16 laps. Equal points at the end of the IP races were it's that's yeah, I'll start that one again. On equal points at the end of the improved production races were David Walden and Kyle Organ Moore, one Mazda RX3 and a Holden Commodore BS. You'd be happy with that one, Daz?
0: Geez, opposite ends of the scale there, Ray. Oh, yeah, two great, uh, two great race cars there, and um, both of them fearsome races when they they both regulars that go to the improved production nationals and uh, always always sort of top 10 top 12 both those cars and of course walden featured uh very strongly obviously didn't get the nationals this year as that went to zach hudson but that red rx3 does very very well
1: he actually ran that as an under two liter car for a little while too
0: yeah, I think with the it runs a normally aspirated or it ran a normally aspirated piston motor and it not a not a rotor so um they no uh, no they it's always out. run
1: the rotor they they can do something to it that brings it in under the two litre mark but anyway moving on on um on the final round of the Formula V championship up there Alex McDonald had three race wins Alex Hederman uh scored one and finished second overall while Matt Deconis uh, was third Joe Andreesk won the um, HQ events Tom Davies was the winner in Formula Fords Grant Wilson won three of the four historic touring car races in his Chef Camaro but it was Matt Cliff who won overall as Wilson didn't finish the last race actually Cliff was also in a Camaro which a little bit of surprise to anyone that knows what he races he's normally in a rotor. Well, yep, there you go. He's uh, obviously seen the light and gone the cubic inches route and uh, getting uh, getting himself uh, up for state title. I I have to check this, but the car looks suspiciously like the late Dean Neville's Chev Camaro in the uh, black and brown livery, or back, black and gold, I should say, livery. Yep. Uh, Daniel Crompton in the team's trans-AM spec Ford Mustang collected three wins ahead of Jeff Taunton. Who won the first two races? Uh, Darren Curry uh, finished third in the Mark One Mazda V8 Ford Mustang. Driver Lindsay Kearns uh, returned to the winner's circle. He won all three races in production In the production cars, uh, he took on as the head of Scott Dean in the Mercedes Benz AMG A45, and the newly crowned state champion Jake Camilleri in the Mazda3 MPS. The Giant Slayer, hey, pulls out Excalibur and
0: takes them on again. Yeah. Of course, there was also an AMRS meeting at, um, at Winton, which was where uh, Jet Johnson managed to bring home the Napa Auto Parts Mustang for his uh, first career title in the uh, TA2 Muscle Car Series. There was Thunder Sports and, and others up there. Gaz, I guess a um, late season run at Winton saw some pretty small fields uh, for for the AMRS.
1: Well, it's a bit surprised with Thunder Sports and Stock cars just fielding six cars. The Legends put on a pretty good show, as they normally do. They had uh, over 20, I think, from what I could see. And, of course, uh, TA2, as you mentioned, there there was um, 14 or 15 of them. And the feature event on the program was the Winton 300. And, unfortunately, there's only about 15 of those cars. But it went down to the wire, which was uh, exciting for those that were uh, involved in the sport. Lead change just two laps from the end.
0: Those Winton three hundred steeped in massive history going back many, many years. And there's some some great names that have won that. I remember Mark Brame in his little Suzuki GTI just braining those Falcons and Commodores. I'm talking early 90s here, but just some, yeah, watching watching a Suzuki Swift with about half a meter of clearance under the left hand, under the right hand wheels as he's come through the uh, the first of the S's there and just the exciting racing. The, the Winton 300 always puts on a, uh, a good race. Gaz, let's uh, have a look with our binoculars on well, to uh, I this was, weekend. I was
1: going to jump into some of the other events that happened on the last one, uh, over the last couple of weekends as well, before we get to that. I mean, Queenslanders are really spoiled for race meetings because besides Morgan Park, there was the Queensland Raceway Drivers' Championships at Queensland. Raceway. Naturally enough, it was the eighth round for them And a motor events racing seven hour enduro at Lakeside Park. Uh, If you were a keen motorsport fan, you wouldn't know what to do or where to go Uh, in at at Queensland Raceway. Obviously, the
0: rain stopped falling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Queensland Raceway. Of course, the Australian Trans Am ran, and Alvin Bishop won all three, uh, all five races they had. um, In other events, there supercars. They had a pretty good field, actually. They had uh, 250cc, 125cc gearbox and uh, 125 non-gearbox. The winners, respectively, uh, Glenn Wiggins, Russell Jamison and Paul Buckley put in some pretty good performances. In the replicaturas, now, you are asking me off air a little bit about this category. This is a fairly new category that's born, basically, out of the Queensland Touring Car Championship, where that category runs similar sort of cars, but run to a lap time similar to what the Winton three hundred does. Actually, if you're in, if you do a certain lap time, you're in class A. If you're a slower car, B and C, et cetera. Chris Brown had the class A win, and that assured him of the championship for 2022. Um, other events, what we could, we should note, is that Western Australia completed their championship season and they had a whole host of categories over at uh, carco.com.au raceway. You know that one. Well, Daz, that's Wannaroo, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Uh, in Formula V's, David Kaisley dominated on Saturday before a glitch allowed Ron to listen to top Sunday's results. They had a multitude of races because it was uh, for a uh, trophy that's awarded annually. Elliot Cleary in his Van Diemen RF94 dominated three races for Formula Ford.
0: Both S- So that's still the RF that RF stands for Ralph Furman. That's Confer- the one. Confirming that's that for all historic there. Formula Ford
1: uh, race calls? <laughs> Both SFSR races were won by Caleb Sun ahead of fellow radical SR3 drivers Elliot Chutes, Adam Lyle and Sebastian Fiorenza. Poor stars didn't stop Dan Gate in his uh, rolled RT4 from three wins ahead of Terry Nielsen, also an RT4 and Martin Bullock Chevron B20. That's in the free formula category from behind in each race Jake J- from behind in each outing, Jake Cossey came through to win the three XL races where he took round points ahead of Brett Sheriff while Harrison Douglas and Jackson Carlo were equal on points. While he was beaten in the last, Rob Marcon in his Ford Falcon AU won the pro class of saloon cars ahead of Chaz Hoy in Holden Commodore VT and Rick Gill in an AU Falcon. Um, the Holden HQ round. Went Great to
0: see Rick Gill back at the uh, wheel too, Gaz. A lot uh, of yeah, racing in X, saloon cars over X on the East Coast. Motor motorcycle
1: racer, been yeah. around a long, long time. Uh, HQ round went to uh, Michael Woodbridge over Michael Howlett and Dennis Russell. Recently, Crown Nationals winner Ethan Griggold and Ben Smith won both races to take out the David Lowe Memorial Enduro Cup for Excels at Winton. This was the week before the AMRS. Second went to both uh, second in both races went to Jalen Reboffin and Jordan Boyes, who teamed up, and third to Kobe Williams and Dale Carpenter uh, as they took the final step on the podium. Chris so Pitheter
0: and the... uh, Brad Verecker had a win at Taylor Bend in their enduro in, in yeah, uh, XL's right. last so weekend as well.
1: There's a lot of XL racing going there on at is. the moment. There is. Dan Day. They're like in... opinions, Gaz. Everyone's got one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Dan Day's win in this year's Legends of the Lakes on November 12 and 13 was his seventh in a row. And this time he set a new course record in Subaru Impreza WRX STI. He equaled the previous mark, then went a tenth faster before establishing a new benchmark of 49.545 four, seconds. This is out of the recreational park in the crater at Mount Gambier where they run up the side and takes in 1.4 kilometres and there's a very nasty deviation into a hairpin on route. So it makes it uh, a little bit tricky. Second See, that week- thing at
0: Dan Days is impressive as well. Got the billet block in it. And wow, it's a. I saw it at the WRX Nationals about three years ago, and I'm sure it's been developed even further. It will, uh, the, when the turbo
1: comes on, it'll suck the hair off your head as it goes past. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Second of the 143 entries was Kevin Mackerel in his NASCAR Chev powered four-wheel drive. That's a 260Z. Ahead of Damien Brand in another WRX. So if you're beating uh, Kevin Mackerel, who's been the ma- the mainstay of the fast ten tops in hill climbing, that's saying something.
0: Good stuff, Gaz. Well, that's been plenty of news. You've done uh, a brilliant job there. Got your tongue tied a couple of times. We'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll sort press that on. Out. <laughs> yeah, we'll press. We'll press on. Um, coming events of course uh, coming up this weekend in Adelaide is the Shannon's um, Adelaide Classic Tarmac Rally will be a a big turnout there and staying on tune with rallying the RSEA Safety Australian Rally Championship is on in Coffs Harbour this weekend so watch the the socials there for that they've got plenty going on Motorsport Australia have uh, thrown basically the whole suitcase at covering that event it will be uh, you'll get some Ripper coverage of it. Of course, um, the 70th anniversary of PIAC being celebrated with their second last event for the weekend, the annual classic, the Island Magic. And uh, really looking forward to getting down there. The uh, the 50k plate for sports sedans, one of the, the title events there, is actually going to be over 50k. The last few years it's been relegated to a 10 lap affair, but remained with the name. It's now going to be a 12 lapper. This weekend, so um, I guess with that, the Clem Smith Trophy these days going to national sports sedans. This would have to be the uh, the biggest and most prestigious sports sedan race. We could argue that point uh, through the year. The Matthew Flinders Plate for improved production, uh, and of course, uh, for the first time ever, the um, Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge will be conducting its last round of their championship at uh, at the island this weekend. All racing and qualifying done through saturday so they'll uh, be finished and they'll will be found partying somewhere quietly on the island i would suggest come saturday night the whole um all of racing so from lunchtime saturday right through till sunday will be live streamed on Blendline tv they're already uh, making their way to the track to make sure they're covering all the angles there as well so really um outstanding event for a club that's 70th anniversary to celebrate an event I think Isle of Magic is now in its thirty second consecutive year of running that particular event. And um yeah, we wish them all the the very best. I'll be trackside for that and looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how the
1: weekend um, pulls off. Probably looking forward to um hearing you uh, calling calling the shots down there for the um blendline TV. yeah, well, I'll be
0: I will be there Sunday. um so uh, yeah, looking forward to. To that, we'll uh, we'll bring a bit of the Napa Auto Parts uh, Academy to uh, to Phillip Island over the weekend. See if we can get away with a bit of uh, gratuitous uh, Napa Auto Parts uh, commentary over (laughs) the weekend. Of course, that'd be unlike you not to. (laughs) The weekend (laughs) after is uh, the return of the Adelaide 500. Some um, great classes going to be over there, and I reckon that Adelaide is just about to slide off the the southern end of Australia next weekend. It is going to be absolutely going off on the same time in East Gippsland at Lakes Entrance, the Historic Rally Association have got the uh, Alpine Rally of East Gippsland and they have got a massive entry. Uh, they've even stopped advertising for um, you know officials and for corner marshals and for road closures because they've got that many people uh, down I there think, helping I think
1: them out. some, um, some um, previous winners have been denied an entry or been put on the reserve list. They didn't get uh, you know, it's pretty controversial the... <laughs> too. Oh, yeah. pretty controversial. Just reading some of the socials on that was enough to suggest that there's there's some unhappy campers out there that missed out on a on a guernsey. Gives you an idea when you
0: restrict supply because it doesn't run every year. The Alpine uh, Rally it runs I think on a, every second year uh, when you su- restrict supply and it's you know it is the the one of the biggest rallies in in Australian sort of rally landscape historically anyway. Um, how people get their entries in within a minute of the uh, of the entries opening. Uh, Tassie, you've also got the six hours of Simmons Plains put on by the Hobart Sporting Car Club. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. That's um, more of a regularity, though, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. 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 But a big event. They get good uh, good entries there. And um, just touching on the seventieth anniversary of the Philip Island Auto Racing Club, they've got their final uh, Christmas sprint on the 9th and tenth of december and of course gaz you and i will uh be found partying at Warnable for the grand annual with uh james mcfadden and brad sweet the 27th 28th and 29th of january for the napa auto parts
1: uh speedway racing team yeah we announced that on our last uh, program that that was happening yep and then all um, the other news services broke it didn't they <laughs> yeah. uh, we did i was remiss for me not to mention that the there was a round of the Tasmanian uh, state championships on last weekend as well, but we'll probably cover that off more in our next one because uh, I don't
0: have the results right in front of me. And I've got the results for the Victorian state championships, but uh, they will be all completed after the uh, the 50k plate for sports hands because they're their final round this weekend. Everyone else has decided, and we'll get to that at our uh, at our next podcast. Yaz, um enjoy uh, the rest of the weekend at Mount Panorama, and um, you enjoy in- the weekend at the second best track in Australia, Phillip Island. Australia's best permanent racetrack, Phillip Island, and oh, the right. other part-time racetrack at Mount Panorama. There's some controversy right there. <laughs> I reckon if you could reach down the uh, the podcast at me now, you'd be strangling me around the neck. So I can <laughs> I can feel the pressure. It's a little bit like Darth Vader's got me. <laughs> it's only what you deserve, Daz. On that note, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on episode thirteen of Gaz and Daz, or well, as we thanks. like to as we like to call it, the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. Thanks, Gaz.
1: Yeah, and thanks thanks to you, Daz, and thanks to all the listeners the people who tune in and uh, can criticise all they like.
0: They can. Yeah, we'll take it all on board, and we'll do another episode. I can't wait for episode sixteen. You know why? No, because that was my race number. <laughs> oh, Catch us
3: later. <laughs>
1: You've just listened to another Network R production.